0: patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Welcome to Early Learning Journeys. Jeff Johnson here with Tamar Jacobson. How you doing, Tamar?
1: Hey, hi. Good morning, Jeff. I'm doing great. I always love to talk to new people.
0: Do I have a guest for you? Lisa Brown is uh, somebody I stalked years ago on the the internet because um, she has an amazing forest school, Tiernanog Forest School up in New Brunswick. And um, I invited myself to visit and she graciously allowed uh, Tasha, my wife and myself and our big dog, uh, uh, Hershey, the chocolate lab to stop by and visit. And uh, then we, we kept coming back every time we happened to be uh, going through the neighborhood because Lisa runs this amazing program. And and I I know her a little bit, but I wanted to dig in and find out how she became the amazing early learning professional and leader and advocate that she is. Welcome to the
2: show, Lisa. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to chat for a few hours. (laughs) so real quickly so give
0: us give us a brag about yourself for a minute about what you're about your programs now and what you're up to um in New Brunswick and in childcare in general as a as a professional and advocate
2: Oh, boy. Well, uh, well. This just last week, we celebrated our 14th year in business. Uh, we opened in 2007 uh, here in, in Rocheville. It's called Rocheville, New Brunswick. No one would ever hear of Rocheville, New, Brun- New Brunswick, but people may have heard of Sussex, New Brunswick. So we're just on the outskirts of uh, Sussex, New Brunswick um, in the east coast of Canada. So, uh, yeah, I've been open for 14 years and... Um, no business background when I opened, no early childhood background when I opened. Um, I had my daughter, Kara, who uh, was just young at the time, and I wanted to be home with her. So um, that's kind of where it all stemmed from was uh, my daughter and uh, wanting to, and, and, and kind of bouncing back to my own childhood and how wonderful it was with my, my mom growing up, and I wanted to be there for her. So then I stayed at home, and I just took all the neighborhood children in and had a community day home when we lived in Toronto. And then we moved east coast and to, to kind of be uh, settled where, near family. And uh, that's where Lisa's Playhouse started.
0: And so Lisa's playhouse started um there they're on on the farm you grew up on right Yes, or right right yes, there Jason
2: Yes yes all the land that I grew up on it, it, it is where Lisa's playhouse in Tiernanog for school it's Tier, called uh, Tiernan right. Tier, Tiernanog and Tiernanog is an Irish name and it means land of eternal youth so when you're ever at tiernan oak forest school you'll never get old so that's why i i try to spend some time down there when i can but you know
0: (laughs) and and so now you have lisa's playhouse and you have the forest school but you've also kind of branched out as kind of an advocate for the forest school movement and and other things in in the uh, province haven't you
2: I have. I have. But I did pass a torch to a colleague of mine in St. John. His name's Tim Jones. And I'll tell you that backstory. So okay, so I opened up in January 2007 as Lisa's Playhouse. And I knew in my mind that that I wanted something different for early learning in my in my community. And I wanted to like I grew up because I was outside playing, making forts out of nothing and it was free, free I was a free range chicken. I was. So um I kind of want I wanted that for our own kids. And what I found early on in my our practice was that when we took the children outside, they weren't like liking it just the greatest you know especially in the winter you know here in the east coast of Canada which you can understand that but other times it's like okay are are they gonna play or you know we're gonna you know I just noticed some things I said okay let's kind of rethink this and whatever so fast forward 2009 I flew to Ottawa Ontario and met with Marnie Marlene Power who was then the executive director of uh, Forest School Canada and I had a chat with her about Forest School and what it was all about because I really didn't know what it was all I knew is it was in my heart what I wanted I met with her and I said this is it so shortly thereafter I come back to New Brunswick and I started to you know uh, research and study all about it and get everything in place to open the first forest school in Atlantic Canada called Tiernan Oak Forest School and it, and it actually was in this office that I thought of the name because of course my husband is Irish and I thought let's have an Irish swing on it. So I came across this name and I says, perfect. So then that was 2013. We opened that program. And then I got a call from a gentleman in St. John just uh, when, when, when the, when there was, there was a newspaper article that went out uh, prior about the program going to open and he read it and he called me right away and he says, I want my daughter on that list. Okay. She's on so we only had space for 10 children that year and it ended up i had five boys and five girls and his little girl was one of them so so we started in the fall and you know trying to figure it out just it was all new but we knew we were outside we didn't even have a shelter to go into really we had a blue tarp and a blue porta potty that's it <laughs> you know um uh, but it, it was, it was so beautiful. It was so child led, obviously, that's the way we want it. And um, it, look, it was just, it was, it, it changed my life look, moving forward to early learn to what I see for early, the early learning and children and, and, and our, and our care. So Tim approached me and says, could I come on board? I would like to, I would like, I, I, I find this fascinating. I want, I, you know, how can I help or blah, blah. So anyway, I said, well, if you're on the same page as me and you're, you know, come on board, you know, the more children that has access to nature and, and, and the, the better really. So he come on board and uh, he, uh, I, I gave him the permission to open in, in a nearby uh, township called Quispam and then St. John, which is a nearby city. And, uh, and then I did that for a year or two and then, we decided that he, he was going to buy the rights of Tiernanogue Forest School and he was going to run it for me. And now he has it. He has Tiernanogue Forest School. I sold that, uh, uh, well, gosh, a couple of three years ago, whatever. I don't even know what time. time. I don't even know. It's a couple of years ago. <laughs> anyway, I sold it. I passed the ball to Tim. And Tim opened, uh, continued his program in St. John and has this beautiful outdoor program in the middle, like on the outskirts of St. John City, and is doing very, very well. And I still have my Tiernan Oak program here in Sussex. But he does all that work for the outdoors. I'm still at it. It's whatever he needs. I'll help, you know, but I trust him to do what he's doing. And I'll, I'll continue in what I'm doing. So, so he went that branch. Now I'm going more of I still have my Lisa's Playhouse program, and I still have my forest school program on the, on the land that I grew up on, which is very, very close to my heart. And I just love it. It just it fills my soul. But there was a piece missing. And I found that our educators, my, my colleagues that I work with every day, they need support, and they're not getting it. And we, I, want really, I wanted really good professional development for them not just fluff so I had over the years over the 14 years been in business we uh, we've traveled to Nova Scotia we've traveled to PEI you know we've done some in New Brunswick but the the one the, the the PDs and the workshops and the professional development that I remember I had to travel for so why not have something in New Brunswick so first off I Started at the shining light conferences there a couple of years ago, which we would gather together and do a, a joyful, uplifting professional development day. Uh, and, and I organized that only it, with my staff in mind, because I know what I wanted for them. And uh, so we had, we had a blast. We had such a great time. So, so, and the, and the participants had a great time. So the next year we did it again and but we doubled our numbers and we had uh you know some different presenters and some similar presenters from the year before and it was a blast we had a great time so this year we wanted to go do it again but we couldn't because of COVID. so we had to change gears about three or four times trying to figure out what we're doing then we stopped and then we started oh what are we going to do so we decided to create an online platform for for professional development in the province of New Brunswick, that will be launching this weekend. So we haven't; ha- it's not out to the public yet. So we're uh, working on that all weekend. So that's where I'm at right now, and that's where my passion lies. And my passion also lies in sustainability, eco-friendly, low carbon footprint on the earth, and uh, uh, teaching the children and the families about that. And part of part of how we do it is you know of course our programming but we don't serve lunches anymore in our program we do we 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 do litterless lunches and we coach and encourage the parents to send with their children lunches that that have very low litter in it so you know if they have an apple um, we're not going to throw it in the garbage we're going to we have a compost bucket in our classroom you're going to put all your your apple pe- apple cores and your banana peels in the compost and, and the class will all go to the compost heap back over at the edge of forest school you know so that's where my heart is and uh, I don't run I don't do administration or run my main program Nora who got me set up here this morning is is the gal that takes care of that so I can focus on on my current project was this which is the shining light, uh, on shining light on early childhood education is what it is. Shining light on ECE and uh, putting our educators up on a pedestal, which where they need to be and they need to be supported, and uh, felt like they're heard. So hey, that's hey, where I'm at. Hey Tamar.
0: Um, yeah. does, does it sound like Lisa might be a little bit passionate about the things that she's involved in?
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking about support and how, how I wish I could come and do a support group for your teachers. <laughs> well, we've got this platform. We could set something up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. and maybe when you've, you've read my book and, and get an understanding of what I'm about, then we can maybe talk about that because.
2: Oh yeah. you
1: so right. I think that's really what teachers need is that is support. Not only for, you know, how to do things, but to get to know themselves and how they affect how they're working with children.
2: Yeah, yeah. And part of me too is like, of course, we've gone through a, a pan, or in the middle of going through a pandemic, plus anything else that's in, going on in our lives that we don't know about, you know, mental health is key. And, and sometimes that's a stigma. Obviously, it has been a stigma for a long time. But now I think the blessing come out of COVID, you know, okay, take care of your brain. Take care of your mental health, because uh, if you if you don't have that, then all the other bodily functions will not work very well. And we want to be the best that we can be in the time that we have on this beautiful earth, really. And you know, I, I
0: think a lot of programs find themselves in the situation you're in, Lisa, when it comes to staff development. If you're in a rural area and mm-hmm. and I, you're in a rural area, um, it, it just just a, a local training for your staff might be what an hour or more drive if you're going somewhere to a quote-unquote big city in the yeah. area and and yeah. then that's that's each direction and so it, it ends up being a a day-long investment even for a couple hours of professional development face-to-face so I, I we had a chance to chat yesterday about about the online platform you're working on. And I think it's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, really good for, for the people in the province and then hopefully beyond that.
2: Oh, yeah, because, uh, you know, when you think about, you know, the girls work 40 hours a week, you know, that's, that's very important work. And they're dealing with young minds. And, and you know, it, it, it can be an intense at times and it could and be so relaxing at times. But, you know, they also have their families at home. Um, and things going on and passions outside of early learning that they're, 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 they're doing in their life. Right. So um, to travel an hour and spend a couple hours, then travel an hour home in an evening. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pushing that on the girls. I'm not, I'm not doing that to them. Um, how can I do it so that they can be in their, in the comfort of their own homes in their pajamas, maybe have a coffee and a, or a glass of wine or whatever, and be present and be present with what whoever presenter is on our screen for now during COVID. Now, after COVID, we will we'll set something up at our local high school, which we were gonna do before COVID. Um, so, uh, and then kind of go from there, that's all we can do.
0: Yeah, I we'll think just- even moving forward, online is gonna be a big tool once yeah. we've real now that we've realized it can be a thing so let's let's go i don't know how far we're going to go back but let's go back to your childhood lisa oh, i, I want to my... hear about i want to hear about where you came from what 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 kind of kid were you what was your childhood like uh do you have any stories oh my gosh
2: stories i uh, gosh do we have more than two hours <laughs> we've got all the time in the world <laughs> this could be a this could be a six-part episode of it okay <laughs> okay well uh yeah i i grew i I was born in Sussex New Brunswick at the old army hospital it's not there anymore that was 50 years ago I, I just celebrated my 50th birthday in September oh. and um <coughs> so w- when I was born uh uh yeah when I was born I had a. Di- I, I, my mother told me it was a difficult birth and it was very traumatic whatever but here I am I'm good she's good it's all good to go so so two weeks after I was born we we obviously went back to a house in 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 in, in Roachville, which is right across the road from where I am right now. So my dad at the time worked in the woods. He was a woodsman, and uh, with my grandfather he had a wood 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 cutting uh, a program a program company that uh, uh, you know they, he was away in the woods for a couple of weeks or a week at a time or whatever. So
0: so if somebody's if somebody's granddaughter was bringing them a picnic basket and a wolf attacked, he was the one
2: that came and and save the, the little girl. Is that- uh, that's it, right there. That's per- <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, and uh, yeah, so they, they did. He, my, my grandfather had a woods camp in the middle of nowhere, and it was just like its own little city within the woods. And it, I remember as a child going there to visit, and uh, he had his own office with a canteen with chocolate bars, which I thought, oh, man, I'm so important. I'm the granddaughter of the, the boss who runs this place. I get to have a chocolate bar. But anyway. So they see, I got sidetracked. This is how I get sidetracked. So okay. moving, <laughs> moving back to, to my, when I was two weeks old, so I was two weeks old, my house burnt down. My family's house burnt down to the ground. Uh, my dad was not there. He was in the woods and, uh, my mother was sound asleep. We were all asleep. It happened in the middle of the night. And, uh, for the grace of God, my neighbor who knew our house, uh, noticed that there was a a light in our attic from he was getting up to go moose hunting in the in in the early morning like four or five o'clock so he was driving down he saw this kind of light glow in the in in the top of our house and he says Dave Sharp that's my dad Dave Sharp doesn't have a light up there because I helped him with with some electrical up there and some stuff and there was no light so something's going on so he he come in he opened the door of course we don't lock our doors in those days, right? Just open the door. Come on. He come in and he went. He went at the house and the whole top of the house was on fire. My mother was still in bed. My mother was still in bed. I was still in bed. Well, of course, my two older brothers were still in bed. Anyway, he he, he 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 hauled us out. He hauled us out. It was just like that. It, and and to me, like, when, I can't even imagine, you know. And my mother, like. My mother, I have my, my aunt who lives not, uh, locally too. My mother, after the fire was done and she was out, and of course, no baby bottles, nothing for me. Uh, she called my, her sister-in-law, my, which is my aunt, says, uh, Deanna, uh, you wouldn't happen to have a couple of spare baby bottles, would <laughs> you? know, <laughs> Just probably the shock of it, right? But anyway, we got through it and uh, that was September. And by December, we were in a, a new house, on the same property because all the community of Sussex and beyond come together and helped us build a house on that property. So, so that's kind of the start of my, my early childhood. Right. What so an adventure. Then, yeah. Yeah. And there's a newspaper article about it too. It was in the paper. I just, a friend of mine just found it in, in the archives in her mother's attic uh, about a month ago. And it was kind of neat to read about it. But um so yeah, so we stayed in that house until I was about four, and then we moved about five hundred yards, feet, whatever, uh, to another part in Roachville, and then we moved again over here. Anyway, that's another story. So it, within that house, I, I I have great memories of that house growing up. Uh, my mother uh, was a stay-at-home mom, and my two older brothers uh, went, you know, they were they when they they went to school, and I was home alone with my mom. So during that time, my mom, oh, is a clean freak. She's a great housekeeper and a homemaker. So while she was cleaning, she would put on Mister Dressup. I don't know if if Americans know or know of Mister Dressup. No, no, I oh, don't think so. Mister Dressup is my hero. Like you're gonna have to Google Mister Dressup. I, I and then. Um, Cause I was just going to go, I was just going to, I was just going to go sidetrack again on a different story. And I hold, held my tongue. I'll, I'll say that for later. So then, then um, Sesame Street was my preschool and you know, it was, it was it, look, love Sesame Street, love Mr. Dressup, the Friendly Giant. Don't know Miss Friendly Giant? That one I've heard of. Okay, that's, that's all Canadian, right? Uh, so it, it was just that that was my preschool. And I, I, I love that time. And then while I was watching this stuff, not I was on the television all day, but in the, in the 70s, you know, that's what you had, right? Sure. And uh, we had a balance of outdoor time. But this was like really great time. But I remember the smell of Banami. Do you know what the what Banami is? It's a window cleaner here. I don't know if you, get, if you can get it in the States or anywhere part of the Canada, Canada, but my mother wa- cleaned windows with Bonami and that smell of Bonami takes me back to Sesame Street, Mr. Dressup and my early childhood. do you do you use it in your center (laughs) no because we're eco-friendly like I don't there's just too many chemicals in there but I'd love to have a bottle to set up my shelf just for the memory but I don't dare but uh so yeah so so yeah so I had a great early childhood and then when I was five uh there was not a lot of work here in the Maritimes and my dad was a plumber uh, and out of work and uh, decided that we'd head west out out western Canada so he had a friend out there and said come on out Dave there's some work out here I think you know it's a good place to settle and raise a family blah 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 so anyway dad scrounged and paid for five airline tickets for us to go all the way out to High River Alberta and uh, we, we, we stayed there with a friend for a couple of days and then my dad bought this old renovated yellow school bus that was renovated into a camper. So, we spe- so he, he, he set that up on a local campground in High River, Alberta, and that's where we stayed for the summer. So that was fine. Uh, six, eight weeks later, within, this, within that time frame, my grandfather back east, my mother's, my mother's uh, father had a massive heart attack. So we had to come home, right? So we we weren't sure whether he was going to survive or whatever. So here we go. Pack up all the kids and get on the big yellow school bus and travel, drive across Canada back to the East Coast. So we did that. but. So the stories along the way is another program I would imagine. But anyway, best, best memories of my life, traveling across Canada, you know, dad was picking up hitchhikers and mom had her hair and rollers with the scarf cooking chicken on the stove. And, and uh, you know, when my dad had to, had to lay down to rest for his uh, you know, they took turns driving and mom couldn't drive a standard. So uh, my oldest brother who was 12 at the time, He would shift gears for my mom while she drove, and you know, just those type of memories, you know, and just, oh yeah. So that, so that, yeah.
0: I've made a version of that of that drive, but I'm guessing the the roads. Uh, were not the quality they are um, now back then in the mid 70s and uh, and that the uh, the school bus experience is probably a different uh, different ride than uh, than an SUV so I can imagine what that was like that must have been delightful
2: no I oh it was lovely and I I I do remember you know sitting there at the table coloring in my coloring book like back in those days like I loved the color like and going over whoops going over a bump and (laughs) but you know it, no, great, great memories, and you know, we often we we often look back as a family on those times. And uh, so you know, what kind what kind heart. of kid were you, Lisa? Were you now, were you a quiet kid? Were yes, you a wild yes. kid? No, no, I was very quiet. I was very quiet and very tuned in to whatever I was doing. My mother always said, you know, oh, Lisa with her Barbies, she'd have her Barbies all out on the floor, no one around her, and talking to them, and you know, uh, just 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 in like I had blinders on and shut the whole world out that's the type of kid I was whatever I was zeroed in I was zeroed in um but I know I knew when I started school grade one I it it changed that it burst my bubble kind of thing not well, I, can uh, you
1: can you can you explain that what do you mean
2: yeah I I I learn I I learned differently than most people. And uh, that was my first experience of, uh, of being not adequate. Um, I couldn't, uh, my, I, I, I entered grade one, I was six years old then. No, no prior preschool except for Sesame Street and Mr. Joseph and Friendly Giant, you know. Um, you know uh, so it was new, right? So I was in a rural uh, schoolhouse uh two grades in each classroom. There were six grades, grade one and two in one classroom, grade three and four in another, and grade five and six in another. And uh it was just two minutes down the road. The the school's not there anymore. But when I started, my my teacher was named Mrs. Buchanan. Oh she was a nice lady but very stern. And um I didn't know anything because I didn't know how to read. I didn't know, know if I wrote my name. I'm sure I did but anyway I was put in the corner quite a bit because Hmm. My my cousin sat in front of me, and she was very bright, very very smart. And if I didn't understand something, I would get up on my on my on my chair and say, "Patty, can you help me with this? I don't understand." Well, the the teacher thought I was cheating or whatever. I don't know. And I was in the corner all the time, which I was like, "Oh man, I'm misunderstood, but I don't know how to express myself." So that's fine. So that started me. As, as being, I'm, I'm, I'm not really good at this. <laughs> and my self-esteem is probably like zero. Uh, anyway, so I was fine. Got through grade two, got through grade three, grade four, still having those self-esteem issues, you know. And then grade five uh, was our last year at the Roachville School. And we had to go to the town school because the Roachville School closed because they were putting all the rural schools into uh, a mainstream school. And that was, uh, you look, look about worst year of my life, hated it because you didn't know where you fit. You were the country bumpkins coming into the town and just, uh, I just remember, I just couldn't get it. I couldn't learn. I, I don't know. So anyways, I did okay. And then I got to middle school and did okay. Just not great. Then I got to high school, did okay. And then I kind of come out of it in high school a bit. So um, I kind of found my niche in a high school. I, I learned that I knew I didn't learn well. Um, actually, I was, the, I was the, one of the students in the high school. I don't know what year it was, grade 10 or 11, the provincial exams. Uh, I was the lowest in the province, you know. And I just knew I learned differently. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand. So... Um, then, I, then when I, when I was in grade 11, 12, I got into more of the social aspect. I played volleyball, basketball, and I was elected president of, of the student council that year and president of the spirit club. And I, I found my niche. I, 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 I ran that school and I provided school spirit and, and had a, 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 the best time of my life. And I, I, I actually won the top the first and the top 10 activity awards of that year. And, uh, uh, look. Uh, it it, it was wonderful but I still even to as 50 year old woman now still look back at my early childhood and my early elementary years with that feeling of "Mm, I I'm, I'm not I learned differently I don't so that's why I think I'm so passionate about the kids in my care and I never say you know you can't do anything because don't ever say you can't do anything because you can do it were, were there a,
0: any Were there any teachers in that in that time frame that that stand out to you as somebody that that like got you, or were they all kind of like Mrs. Buchanan?
2: One one teacher, grade twelve, and that the, there's two teachers. One didn't. Okay, I'll t- uh, Here I go. So, grade nine, ten, when you're taking your course selections for high school, right? Mm-hmm. I had a, a a guidance counselor say you know, Lisa, I don't think you're bright enough to do level two math, the higher math. Mm -hmm. And I says, okay. Um, So I didn't take level two math, I took level three and did did fine. But but then I got mad after that. And I says, I can do this. How dare anyone say I cannot do this. So I, the next year, I I said, I'm going to take the level two math and I did it and I got higher than the level three math and I said I can do this I can do this so I did it so then when I gra- went grade 12 and that's the year you graduate of course I was busy doing student council stuff and doing all that great uh fun stuff and 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 inspiring people and having fun um didn't do well in English at all didn't do well no other subjects really except for the ones I liked, like drawing and art and all that stuff but um my 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 high school teacher mr harris and i can remember where we were standing where we were sitting and the conversation that we had he says come on in lisa i gotta talk to you and he said uh you know you you failed english hon i don't, you know that means you can't graduate high school And i'm like oh man i'm i'm a student council president and i'm failing high school what's people gonna think you know uh but anyway he says lisa i'm gonna tell you something i says okay <laughs> <laughs> and he says, what you're doing for the community of our school will take you farther than Shakespeare. So you graduated and he passed me. And that was a turning pivotal point in my life. And I've never, ever forgotten it. So I've been, I've been of an advocate for anybody who is an underdog. is well, and,
1: and for your own child, you said, because that's what you wanted to do was have a school for your child.
2: Yep. 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 Unfortunately, my child didn't go to my main school because she grew out of it. She <laughs> she got older, but uh, she's now twenty six, living well, turning twenty six, living in Medicine Hat, Alberta. But so, uh, so, so yeah. Lisa,
0: during, during those school years, academics um, obviously wasn't your thing. Uh, two questions were, were there were there any bright spots as far as friends and other activities go? And oh. two, and two, how was how 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 did mom and dad deal with the the academic struggles?
2: Oh, okay uh, there so my say that again Jeff so I whoa, 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 we'll, we'll break them down how did how yeah. did
0: your mom and dad deal with the academic struggles were, was it a big thing for them was there a, was there friction or were they, were
2: no, they like- no. no dad dad didn't uh, say too much but it was my mom my mom uh, my mom would witness that I would be up late at night till one or two in the morning working on projects that probably would take the normal typical child took a couple hours to do I just it just took I just needed lots of time to do a certain task you know and she she worried about my health because I was I was frightened about it because I wanted to succeed but my brain wasn't as slow to catch up to what I was supposed to be at I guess Mm -hmm. maybe um so, but there was one time that there was a specific teacher in my middle school career that made me feel this big, like really, really low. And uh, I come home upset, and my mother uh, doesn't go in to say much or want to interfere, but she did that day, and she went in and and said how what happened, and and he he was so apologetic and didn't even realize what he said to me that impacted my my psyche you know so um so so ever since then I've been just kind of you know doing my thing and trying to figure out my strengths and that's not easy I'm 50 years old now you know I I wish I had figured out more uh 20 years ago but anyway it is what it is and you know each day is new and you grow and you learn and that's that's all we can expect but uh I don't uh, think
1: we can I don't think we can figure ourselves out at 20.
2: No, I don't think so either. I don't it, think it so. It takes a
1: while. I mean, no. I'm 71 and I'm still trying to figure it out.
2: Well, you know, I'll tell you something that you know, I I haven't uh, told this to anybody. I'm telling to you guys for the first time now the whole world's probably going to know. I don't know where you go, Jeff, on this podcast, but <laughs> all but over I'm, the world. Oh, well there. Okay. <laughs> why not? Absolutely. Uh, so, so I've been thinking a lot about mental health. Um, I think I've burnt out a couple of times with my business, 14 years in business and doing all the admin and we grew fast, quick expansions and, you know, trying to make a really good program and lead people in the right way. And I think I, I know I burned out a couple of times and didn't really realize what it was. So now COVID hit and, you know, I see, there's more, 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 spotlight on on the importance of mental health and what is mental health anyway Mm -hmm. so anyway i like okay i i i i kind of got reading about it and then i says i'm gonna take the plunge i'm gonna call somebody to talk to so i did and i went last week i it's called the kv wellness center in 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 st john or uh, kv just on that sort of st john And I've always wanted to know if I had a learning disability, uh, uh, whether it's ADHD, whether it's dyslexia or whatever. So anyway, I had my first session on Wednesday with a lovely gentleman and and Mm -hmm. his his assistant. And so, so first off they, they ask questions and they, they go through uh, a test, uh, a cognitive test. Of course I said, Oh yeah, I'm going to do great on this. So anyway, I, uh, I I started the questions and there was metal math and some other stuff and puzzles and stuff and I didn't do quite bad actually. He and and he said, "Jesus, Lisa, you're doing pretty good." So I, I come out of that first test feeling, well, that's not my problem, I guess. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to do other other tests because I just want to know. I want to know myself. If I I'm fifty years old, right? We we are given so many years on this earth. So I, oops, my coffee. Uh, so I want to, I want to do, be the best that I can be for not only myself, my family, but for others and the children. So I have to know myself, right? Just like your book says. As, as far as I got there, Tamar, I, I, I picked up that you got to know yourself and know how you communicate with, not only your peers, but young children. Right. So right. I says, I want to know myself. So I'm going to go there and see what I can find I, out. You know, I, I love what you said.
1: Um, what is mental health anyway? Yeah. I, I love that because people are throwing around that expression all the time. And it's, it's such a good way that you said that, you know, what is it, you know, is it cognitive? Is it, is it emotional? I mean, what is it?
2: Right. And how did I In get it? Exactly. It's exactly because we're so scared of the stigma that we don't even talk about it. We don't even but I says, you know, life's too short not to talk about these important things because our brain is it it makes our body function and it's everything that we do is our brain, right? So why would we not take care of it? It doesn't make sense to me. So I says, No, I'm going I don't care. I'm 50 now. I don't care what anyone thinks of me. (laughs) I'm 50. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that seems like a milestone for you
2: oh it is it's been a it's been a it's been i was scared to turn 40 i hate it 40 but fifties seems freeing for some reason wonderful you know? so, so wonderful so uh, what
1: what did you what do you think now you've had that first test so are you getting an idea of what mental health
2: is yeah i'm starting to and uh i i i had a, a little joke after it because uh you you, you guys have scotia bank down in the, the america the canadians no. would know scotia bank. Yeah, scotia well, scotia bank has a has a has a a tagline that says you're richer than you think, right? <laughs> so, so so i come out of there, oh lisa brown, you're smarter than you think.
1: <laughs> you know that that cognitive test that you had <clears throat> isn't to see if you're stupid. it's just to see where you're at. yes, yeah. It, it's not a it's not a test in the in the sense of like at school where you felt like you didn't do well. It's, it's just to see who you are and where you're at. So it's interesting that you were anxious about that.
2: And, you know, I've always wanted to know, I, and I've never got any tests through school. No one picked up on my, you know, my, my, cause I was a very quiet child. I, I really kind of probably fell through the cracks, um, you know, but I didn't make a big deal of it because I didn't know what it was. I didn't know.
1: Now I, I know that you're, you're, you're very fond of your mom. and love that- my mama. I know I know <laughs> but here's a difficult question that I'd like yep. to ask you and yep. uh, you know put me in my place please no do. no <laughs> go for it I... but do, do you think there was a certain amount of emotional neglect because she was so busy with cleaning
2: uh cleaning and life like the house burnt down right uh, uh and then there's you know and trying to build back up uh and i have two older brothers who were six and three and i was a newborn my dad Mm. was trying to make ends meet and oh yeah probably but then again my mother would get down the floor with me and make forts. and so she would
1: play with you as well
2: she would sit in there and and we'd open a she she had raisins and and crackers and we'd sit there and uh hold on my battery's running dead Sorry, sorry. Uh, can you edit that out? Because my battery
0: <laughs> maybe, but it does make a big difference. People, people will uh, will
2: relate. People,
0: people have had batteries run, run down before. It's no big deal.
2: Thank God for Nora. I tell you that because I didn't even know where the power cord was. Thanks,
1: Nora. <laughs> so, so Lisa, in a way, when, when you had when you had to have your preschool by the television, it it, it was good, but it was a bit lonely too.
2: It wasn't for me. Cause you know uh-huh. what? I, I was just absorbed, you know, I can recite some of those diddlies from, uh-huh. from, 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 uh, from uh, Sesame street, you know uh, you know, I often, I actually, I just said it last week cause I couldn't remember my, my name last week, but I, but I could remember a loaf of bread, a container of milk and a stick of butter. <laughs> you remember that one? But I remember, you know, I remember all those things And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. You know, that's from those years. Right. So it's like, I look. How how
1: are the children in your schools? Do they watch a lot of television?
2: I don't know. I, I would imagine they do watch some at home, but during the day here, they don't get it. No, I mean, at your
1: school. I mean, at the school.
2: At at my, 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 the preschool, you mean?
1: Yes, Yes. Yes. At your, at your learning center.
2: Yes. We, we, yeah, the children, I I have no idea how much television they watch, but as I say, during the programming here, there's none. Um, Yes. I mean,
1: but I mean your program. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, the only time we've ever turned television on at our program was for a special event. And that was (laughs) Mr. That was Mr. Dressup's birthday or something. (laughs) And I had to show them who Mr. Dressup was. (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. You shared your
1: experiences with them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Jeff, I, I saw you kind of shaking your head so you because you know what goes on at that school.
0: Oh yeah yeah there, there, I, there was I, I was trying to imagine uh, TV in forest school um, that would be <laughs> yeah Lisa was what you was was when you were struggling with the academics in school was was uh, test anxiety a thing Oh, huge. how how did that how did that manifest itself what was what was uh lisa like on history test day or spelling test day or whatever
2: shut down shut down i would study 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 late till night not remember a thing and uh actually i got so anxious this is grade nine uh i got so anxious back in those days we had exam tablets especially exam time we had exam tablets that were given to us and we had them prior. I don't even know, but I remember writing really hard so that the answers would go through on the next page. <laughs> so I, I just, oh, anyways, I got in trouble for that one because I wasn't really cheating, but I kind of was because I couldn't remember. I was anxious. So I got the strap in grade nine. I had to go to the principal office and get the strap, oh my you
1: goodness.
2: know? Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, right, the ruler, bam.
1: You know, um, when I, when I'm retired now as a professor, but when I was um, just a couple of years ago, actually, just a year ago, um, when I would teach my undergrad students and we'd have a quiz, I would start off by saying who's anxious and, and where does it come from? And we would have a discussion before the quiz and they talked about headaches and stomach aches and terrible fear about it. And then I would explain to them that my quiz wasn't to see if they were doing badly, but to just help them know what we had been learning. And it would just relax them so that they could just write what they were thinking about, you know, and I didn't, I I tried to help them with that. It is such a problem that.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, like I have, I, I did very horrible memories of testing for me. I just could not. I couldn't cope. I couldn't, and then I don't I, that's why
1: people think that the children can learn through those yeah. kinds of experiences. Yeah. No, it it it's it's not. They don't ever learn anything except to be frightened.
0: Yeah, and exactly. and on, on the other on the flip side of it, um, the adults giving the tests don't really truly learn. They might get a snapshot of where a child is in that very particular moment, but, but none of that testing has, has any long-term um, ability to, to measure or determine much, does it? I mean, the, the high-pressure, high-stakes testing um, is, is just messing up education across the board, I think.
1: I mean, it would have been so nice to have a teacher to just understand who you were, where you were coming from, what you were capable of, instead of you know, testing you in that manner.
2: Yeah, it didn't, it, 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 I didn't seem to have that, you know, like, I mean, not that I didn't have some, I had some very kind teachers that helped me along the way too. not knowing really what my difficulty was, just knew my test scores were really low. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, I, uh, I was just that type of personality that bounced through and, uh, and just kind of got on with it. You know,
1: it it seems so wonderful that you are giving the children in your, learning programs a different experience entirely
2: yes yes it's it's very um very uh wholesome and down to earth nature-based in present present with the with the children and and i don't get caught up in all the i call it gobbledygook of stuff you know i i want it simplistic in the moment, I don't want my my educators or even myself. If a child, we have to be in in the moment with that child and not have all this busyness in our brain thinking of other stuff. We want to be present and in with that child, in with that classroom, and uh, and 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 save the rest for later. You know what I mean? And, and so and um,
0: that that mindset that that paying attention to being present really does support building the relationships that that the the individual children and and I, f- I mean let's be honest that the adults in those environments need the, the relationships get to get deeper and uh, you get more tuned into each other when you're when you're focusing on that on that presence
2: and and isn't that what it's really all about at the end of the day is to develop yes. our relationships and to, to be kind to be humble to uh, be supportive and to, to love each other and to build each other up and look I, at the strengths and not so. the weaknesses. Absolutely. I think so. You know, Absolutely. And have that positive lens. As my dad always says, and I think I said to you this the other day, Jeff, is that we all look out the same window, but we all see something different. And you got to keep that in mind. Really, when you do, you, you, I, you, the three of us could go look out that window right there and we will see something different. So we have to have to keep that perspective of, You know, there's more than one way to swing a cat, you know. Um (laughs) my cats. I have I have three black cats. Close your ears, girls, close your (laughs) ears.
0: My dogs would agree with that. There's, there's lots of ways to swing a cat. Um, Lisa on, on graduation day, you worried you weren't going to graduate because of, nope. of that English score um, you're standing. Um, I'm, I'm guessing you went to some sort of graduation ceremony. Yes. Yes. And so I you're did. standing there on stage and you're looking out the window of your future. What are you, what are you seeing? What are you planning for, for graduating high school, Lisa?
2: Okay. So I, 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 I again I was student council president and I was required to do a speech or, a, or not a speech but a, like a, a introductory for somebody and there was what 500,000 people depending on grandparents I had no problem getting up and, and doing that but I could not do a test you know what I mean mm-hmm. so so bizarre but anyway so right after high school um, it's not bizarre at all uh, no completely understandable of course okay well then I'm I'm doing okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm smarter than I think. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, I went to uh, move to Toronto and took uh, graphic design and advertising because I was artsy a bit. I'm creative, right? Creative, but not artsy as far as illustrative and I I can come up with ideas and create, create, create. But so I went three years to George Brown College in Toronto and Whoa whoa uh, whoa
0: I got it whoa I got questions. What is the what is Lisa in I'm guessing the later eighties moving from Roachville in New Brunswick to Toronto. What is what is that experience like for you? Because those are those are drastically different uh settings
2: huge huge always huge because uh i you know i'm i'm that i'm a person that talks to everybody you know how you doing what's going on what's your father's name what's your mother's name whatever so my dad before i left his piece of advice before i left he goes now lisa don't you be going down young street talking to every person and you don't know who's who i'm like okay i didn't do that but i I, totally. I i made my way i made my way and i learned and it was a great learning experience and uh And that's where I met my husband is in Toronto and he was from Ireland. So that's another story. So for the other branch of your podcast. (laughs)
1: It's so, it's so, um, it's so interesting to me that you don't see yourself as smart and yet you've created these amazing environments for children.
2: Yeah, I guess it's a different kind of smart, isn't it? It's not like always, so the, what, uh, you know. So what
1: What is a smart that you ascribe to be, like a, a PhD kind of smart?
2: Well, I guess I, I, it's 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 like I, I, it's processing, reading, and processing. I have trouble with, but I'm getting through your book. <laughs> uh, so and uh, yeah, I'd love just, to hear what
1: you think about the book.
2: Oh, the first the first part of no. the book. Oh, I, that's for another uh, episode. No, right? I mean,
1: you're welcome to say it now, of course. But uh,
2: but as things
1: come to you, uh, I'd be so happy if you you know even email me and just say what it made you feel or how you how it made made you think about your own self.
2: Well, I'll tell you one quick thing. When I first started reading through it, and you're talking about uh, the educator needs to know themselves, caught my attention because I knew that in my heart, but I thought people won't know what I'm talking about, but when you said it and then I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then I, and then, and then I, I, my biggest fan or my, my biggest fan, my, one of my mentors, uh, whatever you want to call it's Oprah Winfrey. Okay. I love Oprah. I love her. I love her to death. I just love her. And she, she talks about, you got to know yourself. She says, you know, she had a dr phil on one episode one time and he was talking about self-love or self-care or whatever and he'd answer all these questions and if you answer all of them right means that you like yourself you know so anyway she 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 did the test and she says, oh well i figured out i love myself she says. <laughs> I don't
1: know that I don't know if that's what I'm I'm trying to get to. But <laughs> if that happens, I'm happy for you.
2: <laughs> but it's just you know yourself, right? You know how you how 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 you tick and and uh, how you relate to others or you know, it's it, it's just as you say, the journey of the relationship building and living your life, the best yeah. that you can be. Yeah. So sorry, Jeff,
1: you were you were doing the, you were doing the college.
0: Oh well um I I got a question you you said you you, you met your uh, future husband Sheamus right Yes oh in in uh, Toronto and yep. I got to tell you when I met him love at first sight I mean the, the he's a he's a good looking guy he, he he can like build stuff I mean I had a man crush immediately what was uh what was going on in your head when you met him for the first time were you like hey this is the dude or was he like just just another another dude well-
2: <laughs> well, this is how this is how it went, Jeff. I'm going to tell you. I I worked at a uh uh an Italian tavern restaurant type, a little hole in the wall up in the north 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 and north of Toronto, just a little bit north York, I guess. And uh, all the Irish boys and him being one, all rented a house next door, and they would come in to have their suppers and have a few drinks, right. I was their waitress. <laughs> so anyway, they, I got to know all the boys and they all come in, you know, chit chat away. But it was Seamus that caught my eye because he was very quiet and very whatever nice I felt. And then, and then that's just how it, it started. He says, would you like to go out on a date? And I says, okay. So we did. <laughs> and we went to the Rose and Crown on Eglinton and Young Street. street. And uh, then uh, it's we're 28 years later. Here we are. <laughs> yeah so uh we married in 93 and had our daughter Kara in 95 and we and, the, and of course we moved to ireland we I, I moved with him to northern ireland we left toronto and went to, went to northern ireland because i felt i want to know your culture i want to know your family so i know you better you know so we did we did that for two years we lived there for two years and then where where we
0: where were you in ireland
2: uh no uh county down uh a little community called Castlewellan. Uh, is where we were and uh, we were there for two years. And I worked, at, uh, you know, at a local grocery store and, and got to meet, got to know people in the community and stuff like that. The um, grocery store was called Joe Steele's and I still remember him being my boss. It was a lovely, lovely man that really supported me. He knew I was far away from home, just tw- early 20s and homesick. But he, he, you know, it was just, it was just, it was a nice time th- those two years. But then and, um, we, we come back because there was a, there was bombing in the town and it scared me, you know, because of the different, the two different, uh, you know, the, the, the Protestant the Catholics, the, the strife. Yeah. And and that was in the early nineties. And I was just, I, you being a Canadian, you're just not used to that. Right. You know, I just, I don't know. And I, I don't know if I want my daughter to be growing up in that, but I mean, you know, that's what was my mindset at the time. And I said to Seamus, can we, do you think we can go back to Canada? He goes, yep, let's go. So we, we, we sold our house and, uh, we were back in uh canada in may of 95 and uh and i never left my girl uh that's that's when we uh tried to figure out where we were going to settle whether new brunswick or toronto we decided toronto so uh in, in the house that we bought up there um seamus renovated the whole entire basement as a classroom and i just brought in community kids and you know and my daughter grew up with those kids so and then when 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 Kara was in grade two. I says, oh, you know, before she gets rooted in Toronto, I really want to go back to the Maritimes, you know, to be near my family, to be near my mom and dad that are, you know, they're getting older, uh, but they're great health. Like, you know, right now they're great health. They probably take care of me, you know? But uh, so uh, I just want to get back home. And so we did. So when, we you,
1: when you had all those children in your basement, how did you know what to do with them?
2: Oh, I just knew. I just knew. I had like... Uh, sensory activities science activities outdoor play we played games we cooked I baked brown bread I used to bake 12 loaves of brown bread at a time and freeze it but the kids would help me and i put I put them all at the table and they would I'd give them all a bit of brown bread dough and I would be making my dough and they'd be making their dough then we'd bake it you know uh and we do gardening I had a little spot in the back that you know and, you and, had
1: no you had no early childhood background per se none, like
2: none, no I don't know where it came from but my aunt Deanna was a school teacher and uh, and my grandmother was very creative and I, I I tie it and my mother too like my mother's uh, creative in a different way so I feel like that that's where I got I got that piece maybe I don't know uh okay. and my dad's creative you know so I Especially my grandmother and my aunt Deanna, who I remember doing things with them, like crafts. And in my early childhood, was a lot like at my aunt Deanna's house with my first cousin. You know, Tara We'd make mud pies, and we would, we would, we would adventure through the fields, and you know, and 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 my grandmother was very warm and loving, and she would sit and help us sew, teach us to sew, and 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 make you know just anything like, you know, bake, cook, you know, that. So I guess maybe that's where it stemmed from, but you know, I don't know. Yeah. So I know.
1: Yeah. It makes sense that you wanted to go back to all of them.
2: Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed with a, a, you know, a really good family and, and uh, so thankful that we had the opportunity to be able to be back. And, uh, and that was in 2003 when we came back and then of December. And in February I got hired at the, our, at the high school, Sussex Regional High School, as an educational assistant. So we, we, we
0: got to go back to Toronto, yeah. though. I, okay, I, let's I, go back to Toronto. <laughs> I'm, I'm endlessly interested in those moments before somebody makes a decision to do something. And so, what was going on? How did you how did you decide to take this leap? Of hey, I'm back mm-hmm. from Ireland. We have this house. We have space. I'm going to start taking care of kids. Where I mean, they're... they're there is a decision someplace there.
2: Um, well, I guess too, I was thinking, well, I, I, I just can't leave her. I just, I, I just want to be with her and I want to see her early years. I want to be there. Uh, plus, you know, you need some income and my husband made a certain amount, but you know, I want to help out that way. Uh, so that that's where it, kind of stem from where, was there then, like somebody else in the neighborhood that has a program like that that you knew about or it just no it just popped oh, no. fully formed into your head right boom right like that and then and then uh, i did that for i don't know seven years five years seven Ooh, years something like that. I, I, five I just, years, seven
0: years there's so many more questions where, oh yeah where,
2: where where did the children come from you had, you oh, had yours uh, where did you where did you round up i don't know I just put an ad out I put like a a loose leaf piece of paper and I think I posted it around the community sure. and I got boom 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 don't know but yeah and I had my and it was you know I had diversity too right you know I had yeah, my Toronto. neighbors I needed needed after school care and they were they were Chinese and 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 you know we had a, another little girl she was a like Italian and you know, and my daughter's school was just right across the street and it was a melting pot of different national. So, which is real. So we would often go and play in the playground and, and, uh, you know, with the, with the children for outdoor time, or we'll just, or I took them on the subway. I took, you know, when I had a lower day, I said, come on kids, let's go on the bus and the subway and go down to T- downtown toronto and go to the children's Zone Re- museum or or the saint lawrence market and stuff they just come along or also we went to the danforth and i took him to the big carrot because i was health conscious and 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 eco minded even back then you know to to reduce your carbon footprint and and make better choices for the world right so they all tagged along with me you know Isn't and i'm still in amazing? touch with them
1: huh? it's amazing to me jeff that lisa thinks she's not smart it's just amazing to me
0: i i i totally agree lisa we we can never i mean we can't see inside other people's heads but what was there about you at that time that made these complete strangers decide they were going to leave their children with you i mean this person who through your own admission didn't have any experience with this they said here's my kid um and and, and left them, and, and paid you, I assume, to take care of yep, them. What, yep. what was there about
2: you that made them? I don't know. I think maybe I set the stage. I had the, the, the space set up and I had invitations on my table. Who thought of that way back then? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was in the, in the you know, I, I, I didn't know, but I would set up invitations. I would have my, my whole room. It's just so inviting, right? So I said, come on, come down, have a look at our little classroom and see how you feel and go from there and then you know just with talking and you know being from the maritimes and coming to toronto the maritimes people automatically are known for their warmth and kindness so maybe that came along to these folks i don't know uh, or maybe just my quirkiness i don't know i don't know you know you, you I know, know.
0: I, I would, and again, you can't be inside people's heads, but I would no. gravitate towards the warmth and kindness and quirkiness. I mean, I'm sure the environment played a part of it, but I, I, I'm i guessing meeting you and and feeling that energy that um, I, I can tell you, I, I can attest to this, that energy people feel around you um, is more likely what drove them in than, than the sensory bin that you had set
1: up. Well, maybe so. You you yourself said relationships is is the key.
2: Yes. Yes, they are very much so. And I, have I've struggled during COVID because I can't go out to meet my parents. I can't go out and be with the kids because Mm -hmm. we have to be in our own bubbles. And that really, that's really been hard on me. It's, 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 it's hard on my heart because I can't, I, I, there's some children that come to my center and I live in my center. I have, a, a huge not a huge building but a big building but it's well laid out that i have my my husband and i have our own separate living areas i call it the penthouse up there and then i have the then i have all the classrooms i'm in the office right now so out there's all the classrooms and then are all our outdoor areas on the on the property but uh i can't even i can't even now go out even with my mask really to the, the individual classrooms because of the just because it's a, it's the way it is yeah so i struggle with that and i and i as i said before there's new 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 students that started and their their moms and dads i haven't had a chance really to get to know them and that and that 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 bugs me but it is what it is you gotta you do, you gotta do the best you can and we know this is only it's going to get better and uh we're gonna get rid of this COVID.
1: You've got a, you've got, you've got that attitude that your mother had after the the house burnt down. Do you have a couple of bottles uh, to feed my baby? <laughs>
2: yeah, that, that, that's about right. And uh, you know, that's where I probably get it from because my mother's very uh, witty and positive. And uh, um, look, I, you know, the, the glass is always half full. And same with my dad, the glass is always half full. And uh, you know, just uh, onwards and upwards and uh, and, and where I have faith, I have a large faith and that, 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 that helps. And uh,
1: when and you say you have a large faith, you mean religious faith?
2: No spiritual. It's more uh-huh. spiritual. Like, yeah, like it's, it's, it's knowing, knowing, knowing that there's a, a power out there greater than myself. That's that's guiding me is the way I look at it. But yeah. It, yeah. Uh, it's, so that's, uh, you know, that's part of my background and makeup and uh, it comforts me and guides me to the next adventure (laughs) oh my goodness I want to come and see your school you come anytime soon as COVID's (laughs) done soon as we get the go ahead get on a plane and get up here
1: I'm gonna <laughs> It'll be delightful. I, I, I think I, I wants to Nova the Scotia to do a, a presentation for a conference. And it was, yeah. I had such a lovely time there.
2: Oh yeah. Nova Scotia is lovely too. Uh,
0: it's all a beautiful corner of the world. I, yeah. Those, those relationships. I I, I want to break this down for a minute while, while we're here in terms of parents picking programs for their children. I think, we, I mean, we, we want that goodness of fit. And I think so often Parents can walk into a program, and and you you feel the emotional state of the of the setting um, when you walk in the door. I I think in in a lot of ways, if you're if you're tuned in, and I think that plays a, a real big part of of determining. Hey, is this a good place for my child or not? Mm-hmm. But I guess it it really also depends on on what your history is with all of that. So. I I don't know, Mar. What do you What do you think about parents picking picking spaces and and those relationships and those those first impressions of programs and those kind of things?
1: Oh, I'm I'm sure that it's it's um re- it's totally relationship related um you know because when I was a director of the University at Buffalo Childcare Centers, that was the most important thing was when I would take uh, parents around and and show them stuff. Of course, they the environments very very important. Yeah. But, um, you know, just talking to somebody and and making them feel safe and at home and giving them a feeling that, you know, they're they're heard and that their child will be, you know, safe there. I think the relationship piece is very, very important.
2: Oh, huge. Like, uh, like, uh, and, and uh, just kind of what pops to mind to me is um, Lisa Murphy talking about her first day at preschool with Miss Mary and, 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 and. That, that, that experience stays with you for the rest of your life. And she's never forgotten it. And same with me as my older child, I've never forgotten it, but like when, when a child comes through the door, yes, you could be busy with the parents, whatever, but you need to get down and, and at that level with that child and make them feel like you matter. You, you, yeah. you, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be well looked after here. And, you know, so, uh, uh, it, that's key, totally key. Yeah so you're you're in Toronto
0: you you ran your program in Toronto about three years is that what you said
2: oh I it's kind of like a blur yeah it (laughs) was from 97 to 2001 or two and just before we moved down I worked as a chiropractic assistant just because I had to close my program bridge bridge finances until we actually left so yeah yeah so then my husband and I uh he, I think we bought another truck we we drove we packed every, we sold everything we packed everything that we had into a, a two trucks and a trailer he drove one truck and I drove the other one right behind him all the way from Toronto to New Brunswick
0: beautiful drive
2: <laughs> oh it's great yeah but I had to stay on his tail because I would get lost or something <laughs> you know what
0: was what what during that time running that program what did you learn either either formally from from trainings or or just by having the experiences.
2: The experiences with the children of course. My biggest one is like okay, Kara, you <laughs> my daughter <laughs> is sharing her mom with the other kids. That, that was that was kind of a little bit of a a, a struggle at times but sure. uh, but it was good for her because she's an only child and it may have helped her grow, you know, which i thought it would anyway uh i just kind of went along and just kind of i'm i'm a kid in my in my heart myself and i just enjoyed them and just went with the flow with whatever their interests were uh you know uh i had a big did you love all the children equally yes i did oh yes (laughs) i I don't don't believe it i have a big big collage of pictures and they're, they're in my entryway. All my, my, uh, my, my kids that I looked after, they're, they're in my entryway. And, and those are, those children are why I'm doing this now or a part of the journey. Were Were any of them more challenging than others? Uh, no, yeah, they were about all the, like saying, they all had their different, different quirks. One, one little girl, two-year-old, smart as a whip just could talk and look she was just smart and now and to this day she's uh, a veterinarian you know and and uh and and some of the other girls they were more artistic and you know a little boy he was more rambunctious and you know you just kind of uh you just you know went with the flow with them you know and, that is uh, so
1: interesting that that you 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 were so accepting of everybody of where they were at
2: yeah yeah like I mean
1: Whereas what you went through in school was so the opposite
2: oh total opposite yeah like I mean and and uh, and I don't know yeah and that's why I kind of I, I and I'm not I'm not looking back on my my years thinking that oh poor me no no if that didn't happen I wouldn't be the person I am now the way sure. I look at it and yeah. uh and, and moving forward and anything else that I do. Right. So and it's,
0: I, I, I got to point out though, that you kind of glossed over this, the, the whole accepting them as who they are thing. Isn't yeah. as easy for, <laughs> for all of us as, as it appears to be for you because um, all right. some of us I'll, I'll admit to it struggle with that because we, we we find some of the way they are sometimes that is challenging for us and, and 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 we find these points of friction with kids and so being able to be that accepting is is I don't know if it's an innate skill or something that's practiced but is it's a lot of it's it's something that I, I'm 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 hoping it's more than just me um, struggle with um, and and so kudos to you for for just having that that innate ability to do that because some of us some of us don't and have to work really hard at that
1: it sounds to yeah. me like, like your your parents were like that with with you and your brothers
2: yeah my parents were like that and my my grandparents my grant my grandmother sharp my grandfather sharp would take everybody and everyone was the same like 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 the same like they like non-judgmental type of a uh, practice so that's that's trickled down and down. And it's in my psyche. Not that I'm not, not not judgmental. I'm not perfect. There's times where I'm like, Holy smokes, what's going on over there. But, you know, (laughs) but overall I try to be, you know, as I say, that always comes back. We all look out the same window, but we all see something different and that's embedded in my mind and will be forever because of my dad and because of his mother. And, and when I, as I talk to my dad and his, and his, his grandparents, were the same way. He says my grandfather was the kindest man and he was a teacher too actually. He was you know, he was a teacher then butcher then farmer, you know, in those days in the early 1900s, you know. But uh, in mid, you know, early 1900s. Anyway, um he um but I remember dad saying he was a kindest grandfather and I and I said to dad, I said the other day I said you're just like him because you're very kind. And you know, and I guess maybe that's where it comes from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh, imagine having all that kindness as a as a well, foundation.
2: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, well, I and have and my I gotta, moments. I have my moments though. So don't get me wrong. <laughs> I gotta
0: I gotta well, tell you, um, you're the first guest we've had on the show whose whose parents I've actually met. And yes. I, I can attest to that kindness. Um, they were both delightful. I think your 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 mom, I don't know if it was a cookie or a brownie. Oh, she gave me oh, some probably. sugary treat. And, yes. um, well, and I'm definitely were, coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They were they were both just just delightful and warm and and caring and yeah. and I just got that sense of, about them that it, it makes perfectly sense it's perfect yeah. sense that you. You grew from them, so oh, I didn't have any horror stories of your of your early years to tell because that would have uh, of of really thrown off um, my my perceptions of of yeah. them and who they are. Uh, although yeah. the limited time we spent together.
1: Talking of brownies, uh, when I first came to America 30 years ago, I was being recruited to the University at Buffalo, and they took me out for ice cream. Um, the professors who were taking me out that night, and they gave uh, they gave. I ordered a brownie with ice cream on top. I think it was called oh. butter crunch and hot fudge. Oh. And while I was eating it, I was thinking, I'm coming to America. <laughs> Good selling point right there. That's buffalo. It. They didn't
0: take you out for <laughs> buffalo wings?
1: Oh, those too. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so,
0: and of wing. Oh. you can't go wrong with with <laughs> uh with that um, oh that. so so lisa you follow seamus all the way back to uh to the the eastern end of uh canada in the trucks and uh yep. where where does the story pick up from there
2: well uh so we come back and my mother and father knew we were coming back so they renovated their basement into an apartment for us until we got our house built so uh, we, we, we lived uh, with my parents underneath and, uh, uh, and then we started in the following spring to build our house. Seamus was driving back and forth to Toronto every couple of months until he could, you know, find work or we didn't even know what we were going to do. Leap of faith again. Leap of faith. Oh, we'll figure it out. So we did. And uh, so eventually he got back home, back here in New Brunswick and got a construction job for a short amount of time and then by that time of course we i I opened in 2007 and and i said to seamus you know i really like to do this and he was oh i don't know if you can make a go of it i said we can make a go of it because you know we what are we going to do leave and and leave our family again and then leave leave new brunswick everyone's leaving new brunswick someone's got to stay down here you know (laughs) so so that's kind of the mindset that we were at. And even at that time, I really didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know. So I, so I started as an EA at the high school in 2003. Three. Yes. Three. EA is education assistant. Yes. Yes. educational assistant. And then, and then the second year, I think it was, I was put in to an entrepreneur class as a, as a, a there was a young man in there that needed extra support. So I was there with him. And, I, uh, I worked alongside the teacher because I was like, wow, this is fascinating. This is entrepreneurship stuff. And she said, so all the students had to write a business plan and had to think of a business or something that would go or, you know, what, what, what you would go in Sussex or go at the marketplace. If they were going to make something, sell it or whatever, it was kind of that type of an exercise. So I said, so then I go, Hmm, going to think about this. What could I open in the town of Sussex that's needed? So, Well, childcare seems to come to mind for me. I think we could handle that. So I, I, I I contacted Natalie Lauren, who is one of the other ladies that runs a childcare center in the town. And she actually, her and I went to school together. She's a year older than me. And um, I said, "Well, I'm not going to do anything like that until I talk to her because she's the first one in the in the town that had." As a program and I don't want to take any, I don't want to take any business away from her. I want to make sure there's enough families around that both of us can make a living. So I had a chat with her and, and I got her blessing. And then I continued on with figuring it out, which I had no clue until I, I went to the entrepreneurship class and figured out how to do a business plan. So I started that and that's how I started this idea for Lisa's playhouse. Lisa's playhouse was not going to be Lisa's playhouse. It was going to be called Happy's Hollow because I was at, it was an owl in the hollow of a tree. Oh, I love that. So lovely. Well, when I went to go register the name, it was already taken and I already started the registration process. So they said, well, you need to think of another name in 24 hours. And I'm like, oh, man, pressure. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I said, Lisa's, whatever, Lisa's house, Lisa's house. No, no, it can't be Lisa's house. It has to have something in it that, that shows what you do. I said, okay, play, Lisa's Playhouse, Lisa's playhouse. Lisa's playhouse, so there, there was Lisa's Playhouse, I never liked the name, I didn't really like the name, but anyway, we are Lisa's Playhouse, got a few jokes about it, you know, because, you know, Playhouse, Lisa's Playhouse, it was, I don't know, anyway. Oh, you mean it, like theatre? Yeah, theatre, or, you know, not very nice, <laughs> you know, oh. but anyway. <laughs> And I'm like, oh man, not yeah. But anyway, it's it stuck in the right way, so I'm well, thankful must, for that. I must be a prude or something, but I, I, I mean was too. I was shocked when someone said that to me. What are you on about? But I'm like, they, oh,
0: Lisa, you're telling me in that that beautiful little community you live with, somebody thought you were opening a brothel. Oh,
2: <laughs> uh, You joked about it. I'm like, I'm like, I. I it just it just floored me because I never even like. I, I, yeah, I, That would have been a completely
0: I, different business
2: plan. A totally different business plan. I said, uh, not going there, buddy. But anyway, so at least as as it is, and here we are. Just the way you come out with it.
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so where
0: did those kids come from? You open up, you're back in oh, town.
2: Yeah, well, okay, 2007. Okay, so I, I've been on this journey for two years already before, because I had to plan and think about it. You know, figure it out you know get the renovations done you know uh, Seamus was doing all the renovations as he was home and then go back to Toronto home back to Toronto um, so then December 2006 I, I I left the high school to take a leave of absence for a year to see if it's see see how we're gonna make out here so I opened January that the next that January with two children two little fellas and uh, then by uh, by the following summer, I had a pretty good program by the next September, I had a full preschool program. And those kids now are graduating high school this year. Yeah. And I remember those days, just like it was yesterday. And I remember their birthdays. I remember, oh, I remember all that stuff, just like the first year of forest school. When I taught that first year, I remember those kids like it was just yesterday. You know, it was a a total, uh, uh, life-changing moment for me you know um yeah so yeah here I am 2001 year is it 21
1: (laughs) fascinating it's so interesting to see how your your kind and accepting childhood has made you this kind and accepting person and giving this wonderful experience to children
2: well I, I I just feel like uh it's it's the right thing to do. And it feels right. It feels right for my, my, my soul to do, you know, sometimes you second guess and think, Oh, do I go this route or do that, go that route? Do I go this route or that route? But it is hard to figure out really what branch you're going to take it. Initially, this is where I was. And then I got to a fork in the road there back in 2015, 16. So I flew to Italy for, 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 for two weeks in 2017. And I took, I, I went on a, a, a early childhood retreat with Susan McDonald and Angela Ferrario. I think that's how you pronounce your name, Angela. I'm very bad at pronouncing names. Um, and uh, that was life changing for me because we were just, there was only like maybe a half a dozen of us in this this villa on the other side of Italy in in a very lovely, unique, special place, and we were able to really talk about what we wanted and what early child looked like and the leadership that surrounds it and, and, and so on. Um, so that was, oh. that was huge. And then two, th- two years later, I went back, I went back uh, and took my mother who was 77 at the time with me. And that was huge for her to get on a plane. So she went with me that time. And while I was studying in in the retreat, she was out in the garden reading a book uh, <laughs> under a magnolia tree in the courtyard. Mm. So uh, so what yeah. Kind
1: of, what kind of a retreat is that? Is that a Canadian run um, no, thing?
2: No, it's uh, Angela Ferrer- Ferrero. And Angela, if you're listening, if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, I'm sorry. Um, and it's it is called Learning in a Special Place through uh, the Reggio, uh, American Reggio. Yeah, association i think it is. and, and it, forgive me people who are listening i don't know the name of it i'm sorry but uh anyway susan mc i i i, I found out about bit through susan mcdonald susan Wonderful. mcdonald's based out of boston and uh actually susan did the same thing as jeff oh i'm coming through the pei to have a ha, do a workshop can can i stop in sure come on in so she called and uh her and her husband patrick come in and did the same thing jeff we we toured around we, we, i think we walked to the brook and went through the center went and met mom and dad and the whole meal deal and and uh that's how i made my connection with susan so susan messaged me hey lisa fancy coming to italy and, and taking this course and this this group this 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 cohort and i'm like well yeah i think i might why not
1: so you know that professional development is the key
2: oh it is the key it's key not just uh not just front line your Your curriculum, that's important, but it's you got to know yourself. You got to mm-hmm. know yourself as an educator. Yep. and that's where the foundation needs to come from. and then you got to go out and 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 layer it up with all the rest of the stuff that make that round that well-rounded program without all the fluff. Simplicity. I'll tell you one thing as far as simplicity. When I opened forest school in two thousand thirteen, the next year, I come back to Lisa's playhouse and I looked at it and I said, "Okay, t- things are going to change. We are going to go through this center with a fine tooth comb and get rid of plastic, anything like that. We're going to uh, go through and uh, and get rid of stuff that doesn't align with our nature based philosophy moving forward. Um, we and in that in in that time frame, I studied about uh, waste free living, uh, you know, recyclables." Uh, uh, nature-based art, uh, that, you know, it's not, you know, the kids will do art. You're not going to keep all that art forever. Where does it go? Once the parents kind of sneak it into the bin, you know what I mean? It, they, I don't know what they're going to say some, but eventually some of that stuff's going to get in the landfill, you know? So that, that, that really bothers me. And, uh, so we, we started a little litterless lunch program and, uh, cut down a lot of garbage. There's a lot of garbage that would go in the landfill otherwise, I feel. And then we just kind of went through our 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 programming to say okay if we were going to do an art activity an open-ended art activity what are we not going to put in there so i said well no glitter there's no glitter coming into this building it's totally banned because it's just plastic bits that will that will get into the water system and choke a fish someday i don't know but Um, it's so pretty (laughs) yeah i know but no but there's alternatives there's alternatives and then you could go um I hate it. I, I hate it. And, and, and googly eyes, those plastic googly eyes. No, you're not allowed. Not in my house. So you know, all, all and pipe cleaners and stuff like that. So we just kind of think, okay, what are we gonna do that doesn't have an impact on the environment? Takes a lot of thinking. But you know what? I'm so proud of my my my, my staff. I hate saying my staff. I don't even let them tell call me boss. I don't like being called boss, I don't like it. So they're my colleagues. I love them. I have uh, uh, three or four girls that's been here since I opened. You know, they're, and, they're uh, your faculty. They're that's great. Oh, I'm gonna write that down. They're my <laughs> faculty. They're your faculty, and they're oh, girls, they're women. Oh, women. They're my women. They're my women. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I am sticking to that point right there faculty and women wait till I go out and tell them (laughs) (laughs) Uh, do you have any men my husband Seamus he does all the maintenance (laughs) and he does all the he does all the snow plowing he's built this whole entire building all the outbuildings all the furniture all everything he 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 does all the woodland management and cuts down all the dead trees and he cuts that all up in the firewood to feed the fires at Forest School because we have a couple of classrooms down there that in the winter we have to have a wood stove on you know so he does all that and uh anything that needs done painting painting filling holes and you know uh, i i think i think shame he she
0: she has him living in a lamp because uh every time i visited she's like um and and over there he's gonna build so lisa (laughs) just imagines something and then he he brings it into reality just just Mm -hmm. magically and he does he does beautiful work from what i've seen too as well
2: a dream team he he look he he could like he knows my brain now 28 years later and I'm learning to say okay hold off Lisa wait 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 so I give it to him in little bits and you know which is understandable you can't overwhelm a man right so anyway (laughs) he uh he he just look he just whatever is in my mind and I think I want and I draw it out he'll build
0: yeah. I, I think it totally justifies my man crush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's just great at that. So Lisa, what, what made you take the, again, another leap of faith and, yeah. and open the forest school? Was that how did, was that something that was brewing inside you as you were reading more on the sustainability and that kind of stuff? Or was it just something that popped
2: up and then you made happen? It, most of my life is pop up and go, pop up and go. Cause it, my faculty, my women here, yeah. joke with me, right? Yeah, and, they, and and I have a basket full of squirrels here somewhere, and they I'm starting to collect squirrels because they say, "Oh, there goes Lisa again, squirrel, 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 <laughs> squirrel." You know, uh, it just pops up. I don't know. I just had that feeling. I'm like, I gotta find out what what's in my brain of what I want. I know it has to be outside, but what's it looking like? Ba ba So I got on Google. And I just kind of started looking through and then Marlene Power's name popped up and I, says, and I saw an article, I think, in, I don't know what magazine, maybe it was McLean's. I don't know. I forget now, actually. But anyway, something sparked me and brought me to Marlene. So I went to Marlene and uh, uh, spent uh, a, an afternoon with her and she got me started and uh, and, and, and helped me visualize what, what I wanted. and And she did. And then so that following summer, we set up a four school practitioner course right on our site here in Roachville, And I think 17 or 18 uh, educators from all across Canada came and did their training. And John Cree from the UK came and did, uh, was our instructor. Uh, so we did that that year. That was our uh, so yeah, that, so it was two th- summer of 2013. And I started the program. September 2013, uh, with Sarah. Remember Sarah? You met Sarah. Mm-hmm. Sarah Glens. Yep. Yeah. So she's she's moved now. She moved to Nova Scotia, but uh, she was with me there for a couple of years at the beginning. She was a huge part of getting it off the ground. Uh, she and she was a forester by trade, and I was the ECE. So she knew all of everything about the forest, and you know I I knew about ECE, and we just kind of worked together and uh, and uh, kind of went from there so so
1: important to be open to bringing in people who know other things so that you can learn from them
2: I think that that's my secret because I I don't there's things I don't know how to do so I I I think I have a have a good eye of finding people that can do that for me and um, it's working so far like Nora who took over the office five years ago I think it was five years something like 2016 she came uh, in in march april time and uh she just runs this office tickety-boo and took that weight right off my shoulder so i'm able to go and um do what i want to do with what's in my heart and soul and she, yeah,
1: yeah you know I, I was always thinking about when teachers are teaching about different holidays of different uh, cultures and um very often, they don't really know the holiday, you know, even if they read up about it, because they're not from that culture. And I always say, bring in the source, bring in the people who know Yeah, what you do with all your other stuff that you learn. And that's so good.
2: Yeah. And like the community that we live in, there's not a whole lot of diversity, in a sense, like different cultures, or there is some, but not a lot, because we're not Toronto. No, it's definitely not. But so we try to bring it in in other ways, like, you know, we'll, like, intergenerationally, like, you know, like my dad, he plays the guitar and the mandolin and, and Bernadette, who is my, my, my lead, my, my, my lead, one of my lead teachers who's been with me for 14 years, and is a good friend of mine, her husband plays with my dad all the time, they come in, and they can't now, but they come in and play music. So the children Beautiful. get that intergenerational piece. So that's a, yeah. a, a you know, a diversity lens yeah. you know and then uh you know the farms we have farms next door and our next door neighbor mr otis kindly lets the children explore and go over and see the horses and um you know and then we bring the firefighters and community and stuff like that and now there is there is a multicultural uh society now in sussex it's been in in going For a few years now, I'm not quite sure, you know, after COVID, we may be able to reach out to them to come in. And, you know, so we're always looking at different things like that, you know?
1: Yes, you're you're so open to bringing in different experts and sources. I think that's so wonderful.
2: Well, again, always comes back to that window. I always that's, you know, we all look at the same window. We all see something different. What bring it in, boys and girls. Mm -hmm. Let's see what's going on out there in the world, you know?
1: I'm writing that down. Lisa, I I got, I I got a
2: plaque. Sorry, George, I oh, got to tell you on that on uh, on that uh, that quote. I got uh twenty plaques made from a local local person that makes signs and give the give one to each of my faculty. Your faculty yeah. for, for, for Christmas.
0: <laughs> well, Lisa, I got to tell you that my our, our first visit to uh to to the forest school was eye opening to me because um I mean that's my first forest school experience and and tomorrow so you you pull up. And it's this tiny little community, and then you just outside you you get off the the interstate, and you go down this this uh, gravel road, and you pull up to this farmhouse, and you park, and then you walk across this this uh, this this just this green field, you know, probably maybe half a football size to the to the tree line. And then you see children darting around in the in the trees and you walk down to to where they've got base camp set up. And and the first thing we notice is this 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 kid, four or five, six years old, um, probably and I'm not exaggerating, probably 20 foot up in a pine tree uh wind is blowing he's he's waving back and forth and 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 he's he's all excited to see us and other kids come running up because we're bright shiny objects in the in the environment we've got a big old dog with us and and so this base camp is is marked off with with little bits of ribbon around the edge that that's the that's the main play area right and and uh and lisa's talking about this and the kids are running around and inviting us to play and one of the children says we need to take them to the brook or the stream or whatever he calls it. And, and this is, this is a day that it is just barely above freezing. And, (laughs) and so some preparations have to be made and we made, and we go on this, what, 10, 15 minute walk. Yeah. down to down to the brook lisa and and tasha and my wife and i are walking at the the end the kids are up ahead with the with the staff and we get there and they're all stripped down um jumping into the creek barely barely above freezing and the same kid who'd been up in the uh, tree looks at me dead in the eye and says get in and <laughs> I'm i'm like well isn't it cold and he's like yeah get in are you chicken and I'm like, well, kind of, but I can't have a five-year-old call me out. And, and so I, I pull my shoes and socks off and roll up my jeans and, and get in and the water is freezing. I mean, it is just terrifyingly cold to me and they're jumping around and splash and stripped down to their underwear and it's delightful. And Mm -hmm. so after we're done splashing, we head back to base camp and, uh, and they get the fire going, the same kid, um, has a a knife and a flint, and he starts the campfire with the knife and the flint and and then we we make tea and they make apple crisp and and it 's just delightful and oh and God. wonderful and and tosh and i our, our big thing is if if the the zombie apocalypse ever comes. We, That's where you going? Kid, we want that kid with us because he he is much more capable and able to take care of himself than than either of us grown adults are, and and so that freedom and trust and openness was it's it's just palpable. When you visit the program. And, and we've been back many times and, and and literally lose time when we're there. Uh one one time we spent an afternoon, the kids spent an afternoon uh chasing Tasha around with hundred-foot-long hunks of rope tying her to trees, um, for whatever reason. And they're they're going through the forest like gazelles, jumping over roots, and they just know where every branch and everything are, and and she's kind of having a hard time finding her way because it's her first time there. And it's it's just delightful and inviting and wonderful warm and and you feel the passion that the kids have for for their play and experience but also the the staff have for for sustaining and and maintaining such an environment and it's it's just a beautiful beautiful place and uh, I'll I'll never I'll never be able to express how appreciative I've been of
2: of being
1: able to visit well Well, when, when COVID's over I'm coming
2: oh definitely you need to take a trip up to up to good old new brunswick because it's uh there's other places besides here that is just as beautiful that we could take you on too right so (laughs) take some waterfalls and uh kayaking in the ocean the atlantic ocean and all that sort of stuff oh yes yes i can see it now go ahead go ahead no i was going to just uh interject on that uh, how the, How you said the the kids were were going through the forest like gazelles and boo, right? Well, their first few weeks they weren't. They sure. were tripping and going over, and I'm like, there goes another one, there goes another one, there goes another <laughs> one. But that developed their they that developed their gross motor, and yeah. and, and then of course it's going to develop developing their brain too, right? So so and then on our very first day, the kids were scared to go in the forest. So we, uh, we had to work through that, but then after the first week they were good because some of those kids didn't spend time in the woods, you know, like I did growing up, I was, a, I was in the woods all the time, but they weren't, you know, so we had to develop this little, this little gnome, his name was Twiggy. So Twiggy, we had to go put Twiggy in the forest someday, like early morning before everyone got there, Sarah and I took turns putting Twiggy somewhere with something as an invitation, and that's what got them through those first few weeks because they were intimidated. But after that, and especially when you came, they were, they were in their element and all secure. Uh, it was delightful. See, it was what, delightful. What's,
1: what's important about this story that you're telling Lisa is that, you know, you recognize they were intimidated, but it doesn't make you back off and think, well, we can't do it because. Oh no. Tried. You no. just find ways because you trust them. You trust children to get there,
2: and that's a key. So I, I, that's that's a segue into my next little thing before Jeff goes on to his next bit. Remember, remember the video I sent you with 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 the, the I had four kids in the tree and uh-huh. and at, at the top of the tree. And remember, you posted that and got a lot of controversy oh, uh, yeah, different people. So... Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, but I was underneath that tree with them. I was uh-huh. I, I was right there. And I says you guys can do this. I'm not looking at how high, I know how high they are, but they can do it if you trust them. And yeah, I'm right there, you know what I mean? And it's not like that we started, I said, okay, tr- climb 15 feet in the tree <laughs> yeah. in September. Yeah, in exactly. September, Th- this was spring, right? Like after, like spring, late, maybe late to mid spring. They've been and up they that tree a
0: hundred times.
2: Yes, but they had developed their skills from September on. So mm-hmm. they are very confident. And And there was only four kids in that tree. I had a group of 10. The other six weren't that they weren't into that. Those four were. So how could you tell me not to support that interest? I can remember one of the little girls, which is Tim, one of uh, Tim Jones daughter who bought my school. She was at the top and I can remember her looking out and say, this is the best day ever. You know, I'm not going to take that away from them. Oh, no, yeah. absolutely. But, you know, absolutely. What, what's the risk and the benefit? The the benefit outweighs the risk, right? So, and that's the way you got to look at it. You have to have a competent educator that wants to support the learning and give them that time. And do you think those kids would ever forget that? I I bet you to this day if I ask each four of those kids, "Do you remember that?" They yeah. say, "Yeah." Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And and, and creating an environment where where kids can create those memorable moments. Is, is, is so, so important and, and something that, uh, that I wish more programs would focus on.
1: You know, yeah. th- this, this podcast is a podcast, but we are doing it through Zoom. And while um, Jeff was describing his experience at your school, if only the people listening could have seen your face, Lisa, of, of, of joy and uh, pride, pride, pride it was such a beautiful expression on your face as he was describing his experience at your school. It was something to see. I that even more than his description.
2: Oh, well, then you really got a common person. I think <laughs> Jeff needs to come with you and Tasha. <laughs> Tomorrow, you
0: got to watch your face for this follow-up though. The, the the only downside of that visit was the children were, were feeding my big chocolate lab groundfall apples all afternoon that they'd been mashing with mashers. And so the dog ate a lot of those groundfall apples. I think, I think she maybe got a little drunk. Um, that night we were in a hotel And it was a, it it was a real rough night for, for the dog, um, gastrointestinally. Um, we're like on the third floor of the hotel. Tasha ended up sleeping the second half of the night in the back of the truck with the dog, just because it was easier to, to take her out, um, when, when she needed to. So, um, I don't think we're, I, I don't think we're back allowed back in that hotel and that was all, all <laughs> thanks to to Lisa and the kids at forest school as well so again oh, one of my one of my favorite travel stories and something that uh that I'll never forget one of my best memories um and, 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 and Tasha my, my she's so wonderful she let me sleep because I had to do a presentation the next day and, oh, bless uh, her and heart. She, was, she was miserable with the dog because that's uh <laughs> That's the kind of uh, of of woman Aww. I was. I was lucky enough to end up with. So, um, oh yeah, it's it's great. Um, Lisa, are there any points in your history that made you who you are or led you to where you are that uh, that we didn't cover that that you think are like turning points or important pieces of your of your story?
2: Uh, basically not that I can think of right now. I know it's like those, all those points that I told you all along were key key. Um, and I guess moving forward from 50 years old and up, it's my, my, my passion and my, my uh, drive to uh, support and uh, be there for anybody that needs, needs me in the, in the sector, uh, whether it's through uh, programming or, eco-friendly low carbon footprint or that you know so i'm just uh and i'm so happy to be here like i mean like thank you for asking me to be on this podcast i've never done this before oh actually i did one way back in the day didn't i jeff with you yeah you were uh, with lisa and i, I years ago. yeah you, yeah well, years years ago but but uh i i really appreciate this and I, I've enjoyed this time with you guys. So. Well, I, I love that you're you're willing to share your story, and I, I think it's important
0: to point out that your your professional development path was 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 entirely non-academic for the most part, yeah. and I think that we we have to we have to touch on the fact that that is a valid way. To learn to do this work. Um, most of your development was was self-learned or peer to peer and that kind of thing. And and yep. there are a lot of people who 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 travel through the profession in in that way. And I, I think it's important we touch on and, and, and focus a little bit of light on that. That's kind yeah,
2: of Yeah, like uh, yeah, like for me, I did everything backwards really in my sense. I opened the center in two thousand seven. And then 2008, I, I studied online for two years to get my ECE diploma while I was working front lines and running the office. And then, uh, you know, professional development, uh, Lisa Murphy, big, 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 big mentor. I, I like that. And you yourself, Jeff. Also, Bev Boss was a huge, like, uh, I, I look, I can't say enough about her and um, love her legacy to just keep on and keep on as well. Um, and then I, uh, then this last couple of years, was it last year, or the year before, I went to university for a year and I took, hu- uh, human resources, uh, from September to Dece- uh, September to June with a group of people, not in the, from the early learning mm-hmm. sector They're from all other different walks of life. I was the only ECE there. And, uh, that helped a lot too, you know, uh, in, and what and you know managing and le- and leadership. I hate to say manage leadership and that type thing. You know, how, how uh, did you feel
0: like as as a student in that situation? As a an adult,
2: same way. I was kind of you know I, I I just sat there and listened and observed, and then I would interject just like I do with you, Jeff, and and then people would like, wow, what's she saying? because they didn't know early learning. I think the whole group soon found out about the early learning field, I think, you know. But, you know, I, I, I surrounded myself with energies that I align with. You, you don't know that. You don't know that. You, you, you kind of sit at the table and you feel, oh, I'm feeling good energy here. I think I'll sit here. So that's how I developed my friendships with those groups of people, right? And uh, uh, it was a great, it was a great um, experience for me. And I, I thought, oh, it was in- intimidating, it was going to university and and figuring, you know, thinking, Oh, how am I going to do this now? But I did. And uh, I didn't get everything out of it, but I got some good stuff. Like, you know, there's stuff that sat with me that will, 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 will uh, af- affect my movement going forward. So, Great. Uh, you know, you are a
1: courageous woman, Lisa. I'm so oh. glad to have met you.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm so glad I met you too. And uh, and I look forward to finishing this book. This book cause I, cause I would it,
1: love to hear your your feelings about
2: oh, it. Oh, I will. No, because I, 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 I want, I, 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 I'll tell you something. I got to, to page 24 and I realized that I want every person on my faculty to read this, read this, and we'll do a book study and talk about it and wonderful and then I'll
1: come and talk to you all
2: yes okay well that that's let's let's look at that because I think that as I said that's where it's at you got to know you got to know yourself in order to be know why you uh do the you work the way you work with children right (laughs) tomorrow
0: do you have have any final thoughts or questions before we wrap up
1: oh no I not not really except I just I just want this pandemic to be over so I can go and visit this place
2: yeah and, i'm and hoping I to soon. visit the place i want to be with lisa more oh well that's lovely oh we'll go all around we'll go to my mom and dad's we'll go to aunt deanna's we'll go around and we'll just do the whole tour of the whole community and i'll and give the you brownie all- don't forget yeah, the, brownie. Get
0: remember the brownies <laughs>
2: listen my mother my mother can bake anything like do you like sticky date pudding she likes my mother is a, a fabulous cook and uh Oh yeah. So oh yeah, I I could see uh <laughs> Oh, I have I have a vision. I have I, a good I, vision. You I, know, I okay. have I have huh?
0: one more question from from the first minutes of this episode um that's been sitting right back here in my brain and I'm sure I'm sure most of our listeners are wondering about this too. Did that neighbor who stopped by who saw the house on fire who was heading out to get his moose did he end up getting his moose that season?
2: Gosh, good question. I'm gonna have to ask Dad. I don't know if he did.
0: Well, if I you mean, ask I him and th- find out, let me know because no, I the the, the poor guy stopping go. and saving the family with and, and then not getting his moose would have. I mean, that would be heartbreaking.
2: <laughs> That's a good point. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to investigate that now. I have to call. Right after this podcast, I'm going to call my dad.
0: So, you <laughs> well, send send dad? me a message. Let Can me know what moves? you uh, what you find out, and I'll I'll make sure I put the
2: answer in the show notes. <laughs> i will I'll, I'll i'll go do my history that was 50 years ago now jeff i don't know if i get we can get that information but we'll try
0: <laughs> it's important it's, it's important for the uh the historical record hey listeners this Absolutely. has been early learning journeys we appreciate you listening lisa we appreciate you sharing yourself with us um Absolutely. It, it can't be easy to uh to open yourself up to to our invasive questions about your life and uh we're we're really glad you were brave enough to to come on and share with us. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Bye. Thank you.
0: This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production.
2: Oh,